Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank you, Jesus, for the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the price that you paid on Calvary, and I'm thankful for the blood that you shed for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord. If you're a visitor here today, we say welcome and thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. We, we certainly don't take it for granted that you're here with us today. Before you're seated, I want you to turn to your neighbor and share one thing with them that God has done for you through this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, God's done more than that. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I love feeling the presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I uh, I was reminded when we was Brother Chris was singing that song, falling in love with Jesus, and you could feel the power begin to move. And my granny has this pot, and there she it's a lid, and she seals the lid. And I can't think of what it is, but pressure. It's a pressure cooker. <laughs> And when it begins to cook, that lid goes to bouncing and steam begins to shoot out of it. And spiritually, I can see God doing that with us. The the power of God is ready to, he's ready to move and do something in prayer this morning. And I'm familiar with the word, so I reckon that's why I used it. But it's a word that I don't use very often. But I said, God, just let your presence and your power today be volatile. Let it be volatile. What volatile means, if you're not familiar with it, it is it has the ability to move. When we're spraying herbicides on the farm, uh, every herbicide is labeled either non-volatile or volatile. Non-volatile being you can spray a particular plant and it's just going to kill that plant. Paraquat, for instance, once you spray it, it's a contact kill and it's done. It can do more, no more damage. Uh, however, like a, a chemical like Garlon, uh, a lot of us are familiar with that. It is volatile. It has the ability to move. I can spray this plant this morning, and if the temperature's right, if the humidity's right, if the weather's right, it has the ability to lift and move, and it can move over here to a desired plant that I don't want to be dead, and it can kill it. And if you don't believe that, on your way home, you ride by my house and look at my wife's flowers. Because I've killed every one of them. And I want the power of God to be volatile. 
if I come in this house and, and, and I'm not feeling something, Brother Gibson, and, and you are, I want it to be so overwhelming in you that it flows over and it moves and it gets on me. We spend too much time in the world not to come in here and take complete advantage of every opportunity we have. We've got to take advantage of what God is trying to do for us and in our midst. Turn with me to the book of Ezekiel this morning. Ezekiel chapter 47. Uh, we're going to be reading two passages of scriptures and you can just remain seated. We'll be reading Ezekiel 47 and John 7. While you're finding that in your Bibles, I want to say thank you to our uh, ladies that pray for our prison ministry. You know who you are. Uh, God is doing great, great things. Brother Toby and Brother Chris uh, and Brother Bobby at Swanee are seeing some great, great things happen up there. God is beginning to move. It's kind of been of a, it's been a long road, but they, things is, is really looking up up there. And Mayo also, MCI, God is just doing, we're excited about what the Spirit of God is doing. People, contrary to popular belief, people are hungry. People are miserable, and they're looking for something, something that would ease the pain, something that would satisfy, and we have that. We have that gift to give, and I'm, I'm thankful that God, God thought so much of me that he would call me out and, and save me and give me this opportunity. If you have Ezekiel 47, verse 1, we're going to read verse 1 through 5. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house and at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side, and when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through waters. The waters were to the ankles. And he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and they were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. If you'll go with me to John 7, 37. And in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If a man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I want to talk to us just a few minutes uh, from this subject of living in the deep end. Living in the deep end. Our text this morning comes from the writing of Ezekiel. And if you've studied the book of Ezekiel very much, you will soon come to realize that he's one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. Ezekiel's call actually comes from God in chapter 2. And he tells Ezekiel, he says, Son of man, stand up and thy feet upon thy feet, and I'll speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered me. And when he spake unto me and set me upon my feet, that I heard him speak unto me. Now we know that the Holy Ghost was not yet come. But we also are very aware that the Spirit of God would move 
on the men in the Old Testament. We know of Samson. There, we, we have many, many examples that the Spirit of God would move on. And so the Spirit of God would come upon Ezekiel. And Ezekiel was a man that was no doubt Spirit-led. He allowed the Spirit of God to lead him where he would go. His ministry, uh, it's a visionary and it's a, it's a powerful ministry. It was, he, he was a priest. He was living with the Jewish exiles in Babylon and after the taking of Judah and Jerusalem by Babylon, which took place around 600 B.C., Ezekiel's visions and prophecies were very powerful and vivid. He was somewhat like John the Revelator. You've ever had a dream and, and you wake up from that dream and it's, it's just splotchy, it's hazy. You, you can remember this part of the dream, but you can't really remember that. Well, Ezekiel wasn't like that. When God gave him a vision, he had the unique ability to put it on parchment just as God showed it. He was very intricate in detail, and he, he, had a, he had a way with words, if you will. And he was among thousands of men who were deported from Judah to Babylon when King Jerichoam surrendered. And until those tragic days, Ezekiel was being trained in Judah for the priesthood. He was, he was going to be a priest. But during his exile in Babylon, God called him to be a prophet. See, sometimes God takes us from places that we really want to be. And we feel like this is, this is where I'm at and this is what I'm called to. And, and God takes us to a place that's very uncomfortable. And, and we're not real satisfied with what God has done in our life. And, and we ask the question, why are we here? And sometimes I think we rush to pass judgment upon God and what he's doing. And if we would just, you know, Scripture says wait. <laughs> wait on the Lord and, and just see because if, if we're right in our relationship with God, everything that he does has a purpose. It doesn't mean we're going to understand everything. You know that. But everything he does has a purpose. And God has called Ezekiel to be his prophet during one of the darkest hours of Israel. In our text, God is showing Ezekiel a vision. And in the vision, the house of God, or, or heaven, if you will. And from under the door, there's just a little bit of water flowing out from under the threshold. Now, that would catch some of us off guard immediately because... How many today, if you returned home and water was coming out from under your front door, what would we do? We'd panic. I can remember some many years ago we was uh, finalizing a house and I was to meet the, uh, the homeowner there that morning and go over a final checklist and we was waiting on the CO from the building inspector. The house was complete, ready to move into. And two days prior, a painter had been there. And while he was painting, he flushed the toilet and the toilet handle stuck. And so the water continued to run. And it was a house that was built in a low depression over in the Hawthorne area. And so they had to have lifting stations on their septic tanks. And the kids were playing and they unplugged the lifting tank. So for two days that water run in that toilet. And when I got there that morning, I seen water in the front yard. And I said, my goodness, <laughs> something's wrong here. And so when I opened the door and the water rushed out, and, and you can imagine some of you have experienced that, probably four to six inches all the way around the house was, was devastated. And here's Ezekiel. God's give him this vision, and he sees, he sees heaven. He sees this house, and, and there's water flowing out from under this threshold. And he's trying to make out in his mind what it could be. And then a man, then comes this man or, or an angel of God, and he begins to measure a 1,000 cubits. And, and we know that a 1,000 cubits is it's about 18 inches or a foot and a half. And so Scripture tells us that the, 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 the angel beckons Ezekiel, and he walk, walks approximately 1,500 feet. 
and to summarize that in our minds, that would be about five football fields. And, and he walks, and, and it begins to get deeper. Have you ever been to the ocean? How many has been to the ocean? And you're there when the tide's out, and you want to go swim, and it seems like you walk and walk and walk, and the water don't get very deep. And then when you finally get to a place where you can swim, you turn around, and you're a long ways from shore. And it scares me. I, I like to be close to the bank where I can get there quick if a shark comes. But, but here's Ezekiel. He, he's walking in this shallow water, and, and, and it's over his ankles. And in fact, uh, this angel is, is, is beckoning him to come on. He says, come on, I want to show you something. I'm, and so he begins to measure another 1,500 feet. And this time the water, Ezekiel realizes this water is to my knees. And, and still the angel beckons, come, come. And he, he measures another 1,500 feet. And, and Scripture says that it was to his loins or, or to his waist. And, and again, the angel finally measures another 1,500 feet. And, and the water has now become a river that is so high that Ezekiel cannot walk no further. It was at that point that Ezekiel makes an observation of the water. And he says, hey, this is, this is some deep water. I can swim in this. Uh, I, I can't touch ground. I can move around. In other words, this is deep enough. We can splash around in here a little bit. We can play a little bit because his feet wouldn't touch bottom. He, he could float and be suspended by buoyancy at this point. And there was, there was no more trudging around. See, before he had, he had been trudging with his ankles, and then by the time it reached his knees and his waist, he was trudging, trying to, trying to get through the water. But now he could swim. And, and this water, this river, it was moving. It was, it was going somewhere, and it had direction. And it was a deep enough that wherever this river was going, it could carry you with it. See, the Spirit of God moves. And that's why we've got to stay sensitive to the Spirit of God in a service. Because when the Spirit of God moves, it carries. And if you don't stay in tune with the Spirit of God, you'll find yourself sitting on your pew and you're going to miss what God is trying to do because He's done move past you. And I stated earlier in my opening, we, we got very few moments to spend in this precious house and we can't waste it when we come in here and God is trying to do something for us. This water that Ezekiel was wading through, uh, he was led by an angel and for the sake of time, we didn't read this morning, but if we were to read further, this was not just an ordinary river, but Scripture speaks of it as a river that was a healing water. It healed and it touched and it ministered. Whatever this water touched, it healed. And it represented the amazing power of God and His desire to touch and to heal those that are in His presence. Not just physical healing, but spiritual healing. How many want to be healed? I want to be healed. I, I got some spiritual things. I, I have a few minor physical ailments that I can deal with that I would like the Lord to heal. But most importantly, I've got some spiritual things that I want God to heal me of. And I need, some, I need Him to, to do some things in my life. And if, if you could just imagine with me this morning, if we're in this, this vision or this dream with Ezekiel, what he was thinking when this angel says, follow me. Follow me. I want to show you something. And he walks this great distance, this this five football fields or this 1,500 feet. Have you ever had somebody say, come here, I want to show you something. And they keep leading you and keep leading you and keep leading you and you get there and, and you was headed there with anticipation and when you got there, it really wasn't much to see. And you was kind of disappointed, but then you had to try to act like you really liked it. Um, and, and that's how Ezekiel was. Ezekiel was walking through this water and he was thinking, well, big deal. What, why am I walking around in this slop? I mean, this ankle deep water, what, what good, what purpose is this, God? What are, what are you trying to do for me? I'm walking and walking and I see water. 
I see it at my feet, but there's, there's nothing to see here. There isn't, there isn't anything going on here, God, and there isn't much to look at. And, and God, what are you doing with me? God, what are you doing with me? Does that sound familiar? God is always trying to lead us and move us. This very hour, this, this very season that we're in, in prayer and fasting and this 21 days of fire, God is leading. He's leading. And, and the devil, see, it, 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 the devil wants to place in our hearts to, to quit whatever it is you've sacrificed to do. Is, it, is this really worth it? What is this really going to accomplish? But God's trying to build our strength and build our faith, and he's saying we've got to push forward and we've got to move. And, and then when Ezekiel finally gets to where the angel wants to take him, the angel says, come on some more. Come on some more. We've got, we got to walk another another pace and so Ezekiel begins to walk and I've got to believe that he he's getting tired now because the water's starting to rise and 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 the water's coming to his knees and it's getting deeper and he walks a full length and realizes what am I doing here am I wasting my time I've walked all this distance and I've really got nowhere I I see a little bit of water but the spirit of God continues to beckon and he asks Ezekiel come more come more and Ezekiel's interest begins to grow and he walks some more. Now it's getting harder to walk because this water has reached, reached his waist and he's trying to push through and he's treading with his arms but, but the, river is, the river is fighting back against him and, and what God is trying to take him to is getting harder and harder and harder to reach now. And the Spirit is beckoning and saying, come, come. And now Ezekiel's moving a bit slower because partly because he's tired, but mainly because the water is pressing against him. And as he reaches the end, he realizes the water is all the way up to his chest. And as he reaches that point, he, he can't walk any further. And He says, it's, it's here that I've got to launch out and swim. And it's here after this long walk. It's here after all of this following. And it's here after all this drudgery and monotony and, and constant walking. It's here. It's here after all this praying and all this fasting and all this sacrifice that God is about to show Ezekiel what he can really do. The water is deep. He says it's water to swim in. It was a place where he could get his feet off the ground and it was something, it was something deeper than he was tall. And I wonder sometimes, uh, not only about my, mostly about myself, but Pastor, do you ever wonder sometimes how God... You, you can see spiritually God trying to call people in His will and He's beckoning. But they get to the ankle deep water and they say, wait a minute, that, that's enough. This feels good right here. I, I don't really want to go on any further. I wonder how many times uh, have been, have, have people have been led of God by the Spirit and they start walking, but they, they give up because that's enough. That feels good enough and that's where I'm comfortable at and, and I don't want no more. And I wonder... If the walk is just too long and the sacrifice and time and energy, it's not worth the distance. What, what good is it to, to pray and have a relationship? What good is it to be devoted in your Bible reading? What good is it to fast uh, for things that you want God to do? And, and what God is requiring of us is we've got to get to where he wants to take us and to do that. There's some things he needs us to do. There's some responsibilities that befall me and you. God has deep waters to live in he, he has a blessing that is going to that can sweep us off our feet he's got something in this river that can bring us to a place that we've never seen before he's got something to offer us as a church that we've never experienced before 
And then there's those people that as they get to these knee-deep waters, they, they just hang on right there because that's really enough. But, and when, you, when you, we cheat ourselves when we stop there because our relationship never reaches the potential that God has before us. Pastor says all the time, he, he, he don't want to get to heaven and God stand him next to the man that he could have been. And I'll tell you this today, and I don't say this in judgment, but if we stay in knee-deep water, if we don't reach God's full potential that he has for us, that's just where we'll find ourselves. When we get to heaven, we're going to find ourselves standing to walk next to what we could have been. God has these deep waters. Some people will always, it's just church, and I don't mean to be too harsh here, but some people will always be satisfied with an ankle-deep presence of God. That, that's just enough. They come on Sundays and the, the music is good and the preaching, it's fair and, 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 and the service was good, but when it's, when it's time for the power of God to move, a wall goes up and a little bit of resistance goes up. And I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go that far yet. I, I, I'm comfortable where I sit here and I, I, I feel something. I feel something, so that means God's still moving on me. But, but we, we pause and we say, maybe, maybe I'm not prepared to go out that far. And I ask you today that God, Jesus Christ, took it all the way to the cross. We know from the book of Genesis how powerful his spoken word was. Why didn't he sit on the throne and speak Holy Ghost into the day of Pentecost? Why didn't he open the portals of heaven and just pour it out? But he come to pay a sacrifice because he was trying to teach us an example. This I can do and you can do all things through me if you'll sacrifice a little bit. And we've got to understand that if we're willing to sacrifice for God, what he can do for us is beyond, is beyond the miraculous. And I told you I would be short this morning and I'm asking our musicians to come. And I just wonder sometimes how far God would take some of us if we would only let him take us the whole distance. How far could this church go if we would drop our guard, if we would submit 100%? Jerry, I'm submitted. But I, I, I challenge us to ask ourselves a question today. Are we really submitted 100% to the cause of Christ? And it's a tough question to ask. At what point do we reach the place that God would like to take us? Are we willing to stand around trying to get to the next place of victory in our lives? You know, Pastor always talks about a shallow end of the pool. There's a shallow end and a deep end. And I understand the, the concept, but you can't stay there. You can't live there, Pastor. You've got to live in the deep end if we're going to be successful. We've settled for something less than the promise that God has given us. Have we really reached the place of spiritual maturity? Or have we only settled for something deeper than where we were before? I'm not where I want to be. But thank God, I'm not where I used to be. And I like that, Pastor. But it, it can become an attitude. It can become an attitude. Well, I'm not where I used to be. And we can get caught up in that. Well, I, I'm better than what I was, but that, that, isn't the, that isn't the end for God. God's got so much more. 
God's got things he wants to do with us. I want to say, what's next, Lord? Where do you want to lead me? Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. We, we, can't be, we can't become complacent and satisfied with what God is doing now. We've got to be reaching. I, and I don't misunderstand me. Let, let me preface this. I, I love where we are as a church. We've got a great church. We've got a great church. If, if you don't believe that, and I'm not casting stones out of my glass house, but you visit some places and see what a great pastor we got. And you see what a great church we got. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what we've seen so far. But I am convinced. I'm convinced we're not in the deep end, Brother Gibson. We're, we're not there yet. We're getting close. But we're not there yet. God, God wants to show us something. And I know there's a deeper place. We all feel this in our spirit. There is a deeper place that he wants to take us. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, I believe he wants to take this church to a place that we've never seen. We're going to that place. See, the, the enemy, he doesn't care that we're here today. That doesn't bother him. In a moment, Brother Rayleigh's going to take up the offering and we're going to pay tithes. That doesn't bother the enemy. What bothers him is when we begin to move into the spirit world, when we begin to allow God, when we realize, hey, there's something special here. There's something I need to tap in. There's some water flowing, and I need to get in it and swim around a little bit. That's when the enemy, that's when the enemy begins to come against us, and, and we can't settle. We can't settle for second best. And let me say this, if I may, and, and I, I speak from experience because I've been through it. In this season that we're in, let me tell you what's fixing to happen for those of you who are involved in some sort of fast. Let me tell you what's going to happen this week. You're going to begin to question yourself. You're going to experience the things that the body goes through when we do this and we wonder, you know, I, I, I got a full-time job. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to work. Is all this really necessary for God to move? Is, is this... You know, it's Wednesday, and I, I don't know how much further I can go. I miss my coffee. I miss my Nestle quick. But God is saying, just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. Can God work without prayer and fasting? I'm sure he can. He's done it in the past. But it's our sacrifice that moves God. It's our sacrifice that that, that stirs him and he creates things for us and we've got to keep moving forward. We can't stop when the water reaches our ankles or our knees or our, our waist, but we've got to keep moving forward. I wonder sometimes, or do you ever wonder where your life and walk of God would be if, if you wouldn't have been satisfied with stopping somewhere short? I have to be careful of this, Brother Gibson, but I question myself all the time. Where would I have been where would I have been 20 years ago, Brother Rayleigh, if I'd have said yes? If I'd have said yes and not turned my back on God. And see, the reason we fail is because if you live in knee-deep water, if you live in waist-deep water, the devil will slow walk you down. You will not make it. 
Oh, you can come to church and be faithful to the house of God, but spiritually you'll be dead. If we're going to be successful in the kingdom of God and nobody in this house would raise their hand to say that I want mediocrity. I want to be second. Nobody in this house would raise their hand to that. We all want to be first and we all want to do what God would have us to do. What a difference it would make if, if in my life, not only my life, but what kind of difference could we have made in others' lives? What can we do for others if we will go to where God's trying to take us? We not only, you not only shortchange yourself when we don't come live in the deep end, but somebody's missing out. Somebody's going to be lost because we won't go deeper with God and allow Him to use us. So don't think for one minute when you, when you sit in a service and the Spirit of God and the power of God is moving and He's, he's got an option, He's beckoning, and He's pleading and, and we just don't feel good. Tonight is it's Wednesday night and I, I've worked all day and I really don't feel like praising the Lord. Don't think that you're shortchanging yourself. Somebody else is being effective by what you do. Somebody else is losing out on the power and the anointing of God because you choose to sit idle. And we've got to be aware and we've got to stay conscious. We, we can't stay in the same place. One man said this. He said, compromise is a word found only in the vocabulary of those who have no will to fight. I ask you this today. Gentlemen, if we were to come home tomorrow and find a $1,000 shopping spree, to Bass Pro Shop in our mailbox. And we went to the counter or went to the, to the store and we, we got our belongings that we wanted. We went to the counter and we had only spent $500. And the lady at the register says, well, you've got more to spend. Who in here would say, no, you take it back. This, this is enough for me. Ladies, if you want a voucher to, to Dillard's or Macy's and you got to the counter and you'd only spent a few hundred bucks and and the lady says, oh, you, you've got more to spend. Who, who, what lady in the house would say, nope, I don't want no more. This is enough for me. Nobody. It's no different here. God stands and he says, I've got all you want. And if we're not careful, we say, whoa, God, that's enough for today. And God is saying, come, come, come on to the deep end, but... But we're uncomfortable in the deep end sometimes because in the deep end requires sacrifice and it requires determination and it requires us to do some things that, that, we're, not, that we're not prepared for. And so I'm asking us as a church today, I'm going to ask you four questions and they're simple questions. Where is our grit? Where is our hunger for more of God? Where is our desire to see the miraculous my Bible tells me he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Those same miracles he performed, he can do them today. Where, where, why have we lost the hunger and the desire to see people miraculously healed? And finally, where is our willingness to go deeper in life with him and his will for our life? We've settled for second best, if we're not careful, we will settle for second best in our walk with him. And have we stopped somewhere? We've, we've got to ask ourselves the question. And I've been purposely trying to do this in my own life. God, have I stopped somewhere in the middle of where you're really trying to take me? I'm convinced today that God wants to take our relationship with him to the realm 
of the miraculous and the supernatural. And I believe, I believe that he wants to take us deeper and show us some things that we've never seen before. And for some today in this house, that would be baptism and remissions of sin. And for some in the house, it could be being filled with the Holy Ghost. And for those of you who have been in this way a long time, God still has something. God still has something to renew our spirit and renew our soul. God is, God is pleading with us in this last hour to come and live in the deep end of His presence. And I'm, I, I, I beckon you now more than ever in this, in this season that we find ourselves, this 21 days, God is trying to show us something. And, and we've, we've set next Sunday for the revival but, but that's just a date. That's, God's not relegated by a date. You know that. We're in revival now. We're in revival now. And we can't, when we close this revival out next Wednesday night, we, we can't let that be the end. We've got to let that just to be a continuation, and we've got to continue to push forward. And as you stand across this house this morning, I think it's prevalent and important that it at all times that we take a self-evaluation and say, God, where am I at in this river? Am I really living in the deep end? Or am I down here where it's waist deep and it's a little more comfortable and I'm not being pressed so much? And we have an obligation. We have an obligation as a church and we have an obligation as individuals See, when you get to the deep end, God can begin to do things in our life. There's people across this house with lost children. There's people across this house with lost husbands and loved ones. And we pray and we pray and we say, well, God, maybe you just can't save them. Maybe, maybe they've gone too far. And that's the trick of the enemy. That's the trick of the enemy. Saul was on a road and struck by the Lord blind. Who would have thought that God could save Paul? And today he's no different. And if we want to see things in our life, how many's got lost loved ones? How many want to see them sitting beside you? We've got to go to the deep end to make that happen. We've got to go to the deep end to make that happen. Would you lift your hands across this house? Father, I love you, and I'm so thankful for the power and the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus, for the Spirit. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.